for Fantasy Football Weekly on the Fan, presented by Greenbelt Premium and Devonis, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy football speculation and advice. Fantasy Football Weekly is brought to you by Fanball.com, Town Hall Family, Greater Twin Cities Honda Dealers, Joe Sensors, Hudson Ford, and by Park Tavern. Now, now, along with Fanball.com, Scott Fish, Matt Harrison, and Brian Johnson, here's the fans, Paul Charchian. Welcome to the semifinals. Hopefully you are alive and playing for the big game next week. We'll help you get a win this week. Do our very best. I am Paul Charchian, my co-host today, Brian Johnson and Matt Harrison. Good morning, guys. Hello, Governor. I missed you guys. You missed us. Yeah, it's been a while. I'm going to guess you're going to say you didn't miss me, though. I didn't notice you'd been gone. I'll take that as a compliment, actually. Yeah, maybe you should. Uh, yeah. Feel free to, if it makes you feel better. Um, we uh, we have one more show to go. This is it. We got this show. We got one more. That's yeah, it. My last one of the year. And your last Bye. one of the year. Bye. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> your last segment of the year. <laughs> Coming up in uh, six segments. Uh, we got plenty to get to. As always, we'll break down all the matchups, three hot questions. We'll have... Um, Lightning round at the end, and of course, take a chance on me. The um, I maybe we maybe we just start with uh, one quick note from uh, Thursday's games. A lot of chief owners are in a little bit of trouble. Patrick Mahomes just an okay game. Tyreek Hill didn't do much. Kelsey was modest. Um, so some Chiefs players, unless you started Damian Williams. Well, what about the Keenan Allen owners who are Keenan really Allen owners? Out? Yep, Keenan Allen owners are found themselves in a, a really tough spot. Um, as we as we will frequently say after these Thursday games, if you find yourself on the wrong side of that, you might want to introduce a little risk-reward into your lineup. Guys like Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson that potentially can have really big or really bad games might be the right answer for you. And you also pair up the quarterback and the wide receiver to get a double dip. Yep, try to double dip. And again, if you know, if they hook up a couple of times, you got a big game. If they don't hook up at all, maybe you end up losing. But if you're going to lose anyway, why not? And regardless of who you played, if you played anyone in your flex spot from Thursday night, stop yeah, doing, doing that. Wrong. Yeah. And if you have anyone in today's games in your flex spot, get them out. Yep. Speaking of which, there's games today. Yeah, we got an afternoon game and an evening game today, so don't there's be caught. Two of them. Go set your lineup, without a doubt. Let's uh, jump right into the matchups, uh, beginning with the Packers taking on the Bears. Brian, disaster scenario for Aaron Rodgers in all of the, whatever ten years he's been a starting quarterback. I've ranked him every single week. He's never been ranked as low as I've got him this week at quarterback number 21. And it's part in part because it's a great Bears team, but also in part because they're missing their starting, uh, two of their starting guard. Well, wait, one starting guard and the right tackle. Then the right tackle is the guy who's got to be, uh, it's Brian Balaga. He's the guy in Khalil Mack. So that feels like a disaster scenario against the Bears to be missing two starting linemen. Yeah, I've uh, certainly recommended starting other quarterbacks over Aaron Rodgers this week. This game, not on Saturday, by the way. But uh, yeah, but uh, we'll start with Rodgers. I'm going to give him a C uh, for all the reasons you said, and then some. Just look what the the Bears did to the Rams last week. That is a serious cause for concern. But uh, yeah. Rodgers does have this going for him. Uh, one of three quarterbacks to throw three touchdowns against the Bears this year. Tom Brady did it, and uh, Brock Osweiler obviously did it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, other very good, if not great, quarterbacks have thrown multiple touchdowns against the Bears as well. Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, Matt Stafford, and even Sam Bradford before he died. So uh, yeah. I'm going to give Rodgers the C, but yeah, you got to be very worried and explore yeah. other options I, if you have it. But if I, you don't... I have I a bench on him. Yeah, I, I was borderline benching him, but 
It is Aaron. Yeah. Uh, let's move on. I don't want to talk. Well, about what Aaron. about Devontae Adams then? So you know he's been he has been money in every situation. He's had a plethora of great number one cornerbacks that he's had to overcome, and he almost always does. Can we cue up the Peacock from last year's Shells Brewery show when I said Adams is a top 10 wide receiver in 2017 Wait, preseason? Last year? 2017? Yes. Uh, uh, this I, is an old Peacock. I can't do that right off the top of my I need like, a, uh, like an old man Peacock, like and, and, hacking and wheezing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Adams is... So money in the bank, it's unreal. Matt's gonna put him as his number one wide receiver next year. He said he absolutely he beat me to that. But yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, one game Devonte Adams, uh, Devonte Adams yeah. has with less than ten fantasy points this year, and that's in standard leagues. His worst game this year was eight catches for eighty-one yards. Yeah, that is his worst game this season. I understand. What about the Bears? Well, he, he <laughs> caught five for 90 in a touchdown in his last meeting with the Bears. Week He's, one. Week one. But I don't know. I'm playing Devonta Adams. I'm going to give him a, a, a very hard B. He deserves an A, but for all the the, the reasons we said, you got to worry about the Packers. I'm giving Adams a B, but uh, the only format you're not starting him might be guillotine leagues. That's about it. But he's a solid B. Randall Cobb on the bench. He did have nine for 142 in week one and a touchdown in week one against the Bears, but uh, he's on the bench easily. As is Jimmy Graham. Just saw two catches for eight yards in the week one matchup. Chicago hasn't allowed a tight end touchdown since week eight. Yeah. And Nick O'Leary has the most yardage recorded by a single tight end against the Bears. You want to guess how many yards he had? Over under? 32. A little higher. 49 yards. Okay. The, That's the high, high water, water mark. Yeah, so Jimmy Graham on the bench. Explore other options at tight end. And Aaron Jones, uh, again, awful matchup for him as well. I'm going to give him a C uh, just because he's going to get 15 to 20 touches likely. But uh, he's another guy that if you have other options, I would explore them uh, willingly. Uh, over to the Bears, uh, Tariq Cohen, going to give him a B. Double-digit touchdowns and five straight and team highs and targets and catches over the last three weeks. And uh, I don't know why we didn't nickname him this earlier uh, locally. TC the Bear. <laughs> It's not bad. It's not right. bad. Moving on. It's not, it's not good. Sorry. Quick sip of uh, juice it's, after well, that awful because you're in, the, you're in the middle of a five-minute-long matchup. What's well, the sticky one, man? Jeez. Jordan Howard, C. Uh, Packers just put starting defensive tackle Mike Daniels on IR. Opposing running backs were already averaging nearly five yards per carry against the Packers, so Howard is startable this week. Uh, Allen Robinson startable as well. Listed as questionable, but was a full participant Friday. Uh, had a modest four for 61 in the opener. That's probably his floor in this matchup, is that secondary is absolutely decimated for Green Bay. And for that reason, I will give Taylor Gabriel a, a long shot C, at least mm-hmm. seven targets in four straight games. Uh, he caught five passes in the Week 1 matchup for what it's worth. So I'll give him a C. I'm benching Anthony Miller, though, too much of a dart throw. Trey Burton on the bench, he's been absolutely brutal. Just two catches and 20 yards per game are his averages over his last seven. So he's on the bench. And Mitch Trubisky gets a B. Uh, Green Bay has allowed multiple touchdowns in three of their last four games. Three mm-hmm. touchdowns in two of those three. Josh Rosen was the only one who failed to do so. He's failed to do anything this year, though. Correct. And uh, Trubisky, always a threat with his legs, ran for a touchdown in the first meeting as well. I like uh, I like Trubisky. Now, you've just, uh, you've just said, we've been doing this 24 years. <laughs> in the 24-year history of this show, we've never had somebody do such a long rambling matchup that they actually dehydrated <laughs> on the air an all-time first set by brian johnson i've heard much longer rambles on this show trust me <laughs> dallas taking on indianapolis matt uh dallas amari cooper dak prescott about as hot as any tandem in the nfl but it's an indie secondary that's been shockingly good albeit against bad opposition what do you make of this one yeah it's well first off it's worth noting that uh 
All-Pro guard Zach Martin will be out for this game. That's a big hit to the uh, Dallas line. It so, is. Uh, I have Dak with a C grade. It's tough to bench a guy who just uh, torched his career high in passing yards by 120 yards. Mm-hmm. But is that, that to that me, was, that's maybe that a, all the more reason to, to be cautious. Yeah. Because... It was such an anomaly last And to week. be fair, it was a five-quarter game. Uh, only one quarterback topped 300 yards in the last eight games against the Colts, and we highlighted it last week. If Dak doesn't score on the ground, he's not a startable quarterback in most cases. The Colts haven't allowed a rushing touchdown to a quarterback in five games. They've allowed three on the year. Two of the three they did allow were a Derek Carr lean over the goal line and a Tom Brady lean over the goal line. Right. So unless we're getting that, and I think that's when they hand off to Zeke anyway. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not playing Dak. Uh, Cooper, I'm giving a B. He's been the best wide receiver in fantasy over the last five weeks. He runs into a Colts secondary, though, that hasn't allowed a 100-yard receiver since week four. And over the last month, the Colts are allowing an average of only 90 total yards to the position per game. Still, he's so hot, I have to give him a B. Uh, Zeke's getting an A grade. He's averaging 172 total yards over his last five games. He's awesome. Mm-hmm. Andrew Luck. Ah, tar- Charge, here we are again. Yeah, here we are. Uh, what, what do you think? What do you uh, think Andrew Luck's grade is this week? Um, I'm going to guess you're going to give him a C. I gave him an A. Wow. <laughs> I'm giving. I gave him an A grade last week, and you laughed at me for kind of the same reason. Uh, Charch scoffed at me, and he had three ninety nine and two against a very good Texans defense. In Indy, he's averaging nine yards per attempt in his last four home games. That's better. That's good. Uh, Dallas has given up multiple touchdown passes in four of their last six games, including three touchdown passes to Carson Wentz last week. So I like. Luck's ability to throw the touchdown passes and get it going. Now, the problem is, is T.Y. Hilton's in a little bit of a sticky situation here. Right. If you take Hilton out of that offense, I like him a lot less. I like Luck a lot less. He hasn't practiced all week with an ankle injury. He's listed Mm -hmm. as a game-time decision. If he plays, I'm giving him a B grade. Uh, If he does go, Hilton's seen about 25% of his targets from the slot this year, where the Cowboys have allowed 75-plus yards or a touchdown in nine of their last 11 games. So. If Hilton's in, I like Hilton. Uh, Eric Ebron's an easy A. Cowboys have allowed the second most catches and the eighth most yards to tight ends. And the running game, Marlon Mack and company is on the bench. Mack had the touchdown last week, which kind of saved it, but 66 total rushing yards from the running backs over their last two games. Oof. That's an average of 33 per game. Ugh. You can't start any of that against a good Dallas defense. Yeah, uh, agree on all of that. Lions take on the Bills. In a game in which there are virtually no starters. In fact, none of the Lions are startable this week. Matthew Stafford, Kenny Galladay are out on this one. They have bench grades. They're playing. They're not out. They're playing. You might not know they're playing when you see the box score. Bills' pass defense has been awesome all year quietly. The Bills allow the fewest fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks on the full season and in the last month. They rank number one in fantasy points allowed. And here comes Matthew Stafford with only one good receiver, Kenny Galladay. And who does he get? Tredavious White all game. Game over. It's over. It's done. You can't start You can't start any of those guys, uh, and so they're all out. And by the way, Stafford's other starting wide receiver, Bruce Ellington, out with a hamstring. So it's just an utter disaster for the Lions offense right now. All the runners are out. Kerryon Johnson is uh, ruled out of the game with his knee injury. Zenner and Blunt are going to split carries. I'm not interested Yuck. in that scenario either. So all the Lions are on the bench. Let's talk Josh Allen because this is fascinating. Your highest scoring fantasy quarterback over the last three weeks, and it's not close, is Josh Allen. 
He's the second leading rusher behind Saquon Barkley over the last 334 weeks. rushing yards over the last three weeks since he returned from his elbow injury. Now, that all sounds great until you realize the Lions have allowed the fewest rushing yards to quarterbacks. Get a load of this. Cam Newton, mobile quarterback, right? Yep. Two yards. I think that was pre-Snacks Harrison even, too. I, I think that was. Dak Prescott, mobile quarterback, right? Two yards. Russell Wilson, 15 yards. Mitch Trubisky, 18 yards. Listen, there's a lot of danger here. If Josh Allen does not run like he has been running, and he may not against the Lions. He needs 100 yards for him to be fantasy startable. I don't. You, you, need, you need almost 100 rushing yards out of it. It's a and little bit like Lamar Jackson. The numbers indicate it, but those guys only ran like two or three times each, too. They weren't even attempting to run the ball against Detroit. So uh. Yeah, so there is that as well. And so they may not even try to run Josh Allen in this game. Now, they don't do a lot of design runs for Josh. Most of the yards he picks up are just him just doing improvisation behind the line of scrimmage. But uh, he's not a gifted passer. He's completing only 52% of his throws. He's been held to zero or one touchdown pass in seven of his eight games. It's worth noting that Detroit plays a lot of zone coverage, so there might not be breakdowns for him to go through holes and run down the field either. So. Maybe. I'm nervous. Uh, I've got a B grade on Josh Allen out of respect for what he could do on the ground, but just know that I think this is the biggest high-risk, high-reward player on the entire slate this week, yeah. Josh Allen. The only other bill I'm going to mention is Robert Foster, a fast downfield threat who just needs one really one deep reception to make an impact. But he's going to see shadow coverage from Darius Slay. Slay's sometimes great, but he also gives up a lot of big plays. He's given up six touchdowns in his coverage, which is a lot for any one cornerback at this stage of the season. Um, so he could go any direction there. I've got a C grade on Robert Foster, and the running backs are on the bench. Uh, neither McCoy or Ivy are, ha- are healthy, and Snacks Harrison shuts down the run anyway. Mm, you, don't, you don't see uh, Slay on Zay? No, because of the slot. Zay's in, I like Slay Zay, though. The Slay Zay. I just okay. wanted to. I think it, you wanted to. I, I just wanted it. to rhyme time. Uh, when we come back, take a chance on me. Nine players not normally in your starting lineup, and yes, even in the fantasy semifinals, these are guys that can help you. Tell you who they are when we come back. This is take a chance on me. Funky. Let me let me try that again. It's a statement. This is take a chance on me. I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> Who typed a question mark in the teleprompter? Did you guys see the uh, the Stephen A. Smith Ron Burgundy mashup? No. <laughs> oh God, it's brilliant. I was going to do the Hunter Henry bit. Yeah. I was going to do my first matchup as Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, I'm, I'm banking on a big game from Bubba Franks this week. That would have made if it we shorter. Had a, if we would have had a Charger game today, you had to have done it, right? But the Charger game already happened. If we would have, that would have been great. Marion Butts is going to have a big game. <laughs> Natron means. Natron means business. Let's go to uh, let's go to the quarterback position. Nine guys. Well, not nine quarterbacks. Three quarterbacks. Nine total players. You can uh, start in your lineup that you normally would not. Brian, who's our first contestant? I'm going with Nick Mullins at home against the Seahawks. Uh, in his five starts, Mullins is averaging more than 290 passing yards per game, which uh, puts him top five during that span. Uh, before Kirk Cousins only threw one touchdown last week against Seattle, uh, the Seahawks had conceded two passing touchdowns in six straight games. 
which included a two-touchdown game from Mullins in Week 13, mm. who also had 414 passing yards in that game. Yeah, how does that Worth happen? noting. I'm not uh, predicting 400 in this one, but uh, there are some injuries to Seattle's secondary. Uh, safety Bradley McDougald uh, could be inactive after being added to the injury report late this week, and uh, backup safety Maurice Alexander is out, so they could be thin there. So I'm liking Mullins. All right, Nick Mullins. I've got uh, Baker Mayfield for about the fifth time this year. <laughs> yes, he really doesn't even qualify. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, you can give me a uh, anti-peacock, maybe a sad trombone, though, because he was my take-a-chance-on-me guy last week. Uh, he topped 300 yards, thrown for multiple touchdowns in uh, six of the last seven games, except for last week yeah. when he totally did not. Um, I'm going back to the well, though. In, the, in their last six games, Four quarterbacks have topped the 300-yard mark, and four quarterbacks have had multiple scores against the Broncos. And over the last five weeks, in fact, the Broncos have allowed the most passing yards in the league, and that includes games against the aforementioned Nick Mullins and Jeff Driscoll. Um, I'll mention this about your, your selection of Baker Mayfield last week. He threw four incompletions for the whole game. Yeah. He actually had a really good game. Just weird. Just not a fantasy. And, and, and he, fantasy had, he had a good start to the game, and it just like dried up. Now, here's a real take-a-chance-on-me player. Oh, really? Derek Carr. Yeah, Derek Carr. time. Uh, with back-to-back strong fantasy games and a potential cupcake on the schedule, he's thrown five touchdowns over the last two weeks. The Bengals secondary, without Drake Kirkpatrick, Tony McRae last week, they may both be missing this week as well. Even though the Bengals shocked me by containing Phillip Rivers somewhat last week, they're only two games removed from getting destroyed by Baker Mayfield. And then Drew Brees a couple of weeks before that. Needless to say, starting any Raider comes with a certain amount of danger. But Derek Carr, things are lining up for him. The Raiders are actually playing competent, quasi-competent football right now. Shut go to the your run- mouth. Let's go to the running back position. Brian. They're going to raise a banner next year in the stadium saying they played quasi-competent Qua- That's right. <laughs> what stadium? Well, yeah, which stadium uh, yeah, will that be in? <laughs> Good point. Uh, what are we doing? Running backs? Fargo Dome. Uh, I'm going to go Elijah McGuire at home against the Texans today, so you better add him if you can. Uh, he's probably not available in a ton of leagues, but uh, Isaiah Crowell is no more. Uh, McGuire stepped in last week and logged 80-plus combo yards in the game-winning touchdown mm-hmm. in a tough matchup against the Bills. Yeah. This is a tough matchup on paper as well, on the ground at least. Uh, Texans are allowing less than four yards per carry, but they have allowed four rushing touchdowns to running backs over the last four weeks, and they do allow the 10th most catches to running backs nearly six per game, and McGuire is a able receiver. Abel. I'd leave it at Abel. I've got TJ Yeldon against Washington team. Uh, Washington uh, is on their fourth string quarterback, a guy who hasn't started a game in seven years, Mm. the longest span since Doug Flutie came back to the league. Right. Uh, Their line is toast. Their defense has been brutal, and they just gave up 40 points to the Giants last week. So the game script favors the Jags jumping out to a lead. And even if they don't spell Fournette, Yeldon could play in the passing game pretty well. Washington's allowed receiving yardage days of 102, 68, and 73 to running backs this year. Two of those were Jaquiz Rogers and Tevin Coleman. And if this game is tight, Yeldon could be involved in that passing game too. He's had eight targets and seven catches just two weeks ago. So I think that uh, he'll be involved. I love Kenneth Dixon this week. I believe he's right around running back 27 for me. By the way, 3,300 on Fanball. And dirt cheap on Fanball. Head coach John Harbaugh at the end of last week's game said, "We got to get. We got to have an expanded role for Kenneth Dixon. I wouldn't be surprised if he starts the game over Gus Edwards. I think we could be coming to that. Dixon has scored in back-to-back games since coming off IR, and he gets Tampa Bay, the team allowing the second most rushing touchdowns. 
and guess Edwards does not catch at all. Kenneth Dixon does. Tampa bottom five against running back receptions, dead last in running back receiving touchdowns. A great opportunity for Kenneth Dixon in this game. Let's go to the wide receiver position. Brian. All right, this uh, could be a guy for those Keenan Allen owners who are hurting. Uh, I'm going doubling down on the Jets. Uh, Robbie Anderson today, baby. Oh, boy. Uh, Sam Darnold's had eyes for Anderson the last two weeks. He leads the team in targets and air yards, nearly 200 air yards this week. And our burner receivers have had success against the Texans. T.Y. Hilton, Corey Davis, Antonio Callaway, something called Zach Pascal, Rashard Higgins, all scored touchdowns in recent weeks. In the last two weeks, the Texans the Texans have surrendered a career a league high 13 completions of 20-plus yards. So this is a boomer bust play. He could wet the bed or he could pile up the points as if he were striping drives at Top Golf in Brooklyn Center, my favorite place on earth. <laughs> uh, I'm going uh, back to the Jaguars well as, as well. Uh, D.D. Westbrook against Washington. Westbrook is the slot and possession receiver in an offense that has a quarterback that does not throw downfield. That's one of the reasons he saw 10 targets, 7 catches, and 88 yards last week against Tennessee in garbage time. He did score in that game as well. Working from the slot has worked well against Washington as of recent. Sterling Shepard scored last week. Golden Tate had uh, 75 and a touch in Week 13. Kiki Cutie had 77 yards two weeks prior to that, so good little matchup for Deed. Are you dehydrated after that lengthy D.D. Westbrook write-up? That wasn't that bad. Come on. Curtis Samuel's usage has exploded in the last two games. 19 targets, and that's resulted in two solid games for Curtis Samuel. 88 and 80 yards. Operating from the slot, he'll match up against the Saints' weakest cornerback, P.J. Williams, who is allowing a passer rating of 125 in his coverage. Curtis Samuel, excellent play. Ah, Kurt Sam. Kurt Sam. You get a great opportunity to go with the D-dehydrated there. D-dehydrated. Yeah. Oh, that would have been good. Um, let's talk Cardinals-Falcons, Brian. I think David Johnson is an absolute lock here. Falcons give up the most receptions to running backs. Uh, start singing? Do you know why he's such a lock, Church? Uh, it's birthday, is it a birthday, birthday on Sunday to oh. you. Happy birthday, dear DJ. Yeah, all right. No greater gift for running back than facing the Falcons on your birthday, especially a pass-catching back. Yeah. So there was injury concerns with DJ early in the week. He fully practiced Friday. He's good to go. He's right, an A-grade play, without a doubt. Uh, I'm going to give Larry Fitzgerald a B as well. Uh, he has four touchdowns over his last seven games. Uh no, scored four in four of his last seven, five total touchdowns during that span. It's only top 55 yards twice. Yeah, that's year, the bit. He's two catches and a touchdown in most yeah, games. Three but, uh, catches and a touchdown. He's the Cameron Brait of wide receivers. He has a plus matchup with uh, Brian Poole, though, the Atlanta slot corner, who conceded a big game to Randall Cobb last week. So there is yeah. a Fitz is uh, viable this week. I'll give him a B. Uh, Trent Sherfield, not. Some people think. He could be a, like a take-a-chance-to-me type player. No. He led the team in receiving yards last week, but uh, he'll see plenty of Desmond Trufant running the majority of his routes on the right side. So he's on the bench, as is Ricky Seals-Jones. I'm done with him. Uh, has totaled just five catches in his last three games. He's on the bench, as is Josh Rosen, obviously. Uh, going over to the Falcons. Uh, let's start with the running backs. I'm going to lead off with Ido Smith because he's out-touched Tevin Coleman. Over I like him better. Th- I, I have him ranked higher than Tevin Coleman. But I can give them both a C just for the fact that Arizona is conceding more than 33 touches and 170 combo yards per game to running backs. I'm forced to start Tevin Coleman in, in one league. If you have to, I can't fault you, but uh, you got to be a little worried about that. But they both get a C. Julio Jones gets an A. Regardless of the Pat Pete shadowing, I don't care. You're playing Julio this week. Uh, but if Pat Pete shadows Julio, that could put Calvin Ridley in a very big spot. I'm going to give him a B. 
Uh, Ridley should see a ton of David Amerson, who is sitting on his couch until about mid-November when right. he was signed by Arizona. So loving Ridley here. And I'll give Mohamed Sanu a soft C in PPR. Very very uh, safe floor, 10 points in PPR. Not a very high ceiling. He's top four catches just three times this season. Buda Baker is playing hurt. Mm. Hasn't been as, as effective. So you can use Sanu in a pinch. I wouldn't. You can, I said. All right. So I would. Okay. Yeah. In a pinch. But Sanu could see more targets because I do not like Austin Hooper. I have him on the bench this week. He's very iffy with a knee injury already. And only four tight ends I've hit the 50-yard mark against Arizona this year. Actually, only three tight ends did it because mm. George Kittle did it twice. Yeah. And Austin Hooper is not George Kittle. So I got Hooper on the bench. I'm uh, exploring other options there. And Matt Ryan, going to give him a B. Uh, teams aren't forced to throw on Arizona. They're bottom five in opponent pass attempts per game. But uh, you got to love Ryan at home where he's averaging over 315 yards and two touchdowns per game. But I, a B. A B. Based on volume. Um, I've got him uh, at a quasi-bench grade. We'll find out. I think this is a Based tough, on the I think volume? This, yeah, this is a t- yeah, uh, yeah. Based on everything. Uh, a, a game script that's all should be a lot of running. Patrick Peterson. I like Buda Baker more than you do. Uh, we'll see. I'm nervous about Matt Ryan in this game. When we come back, we'll talk about Cleveland taking on Denver. Philip Lindsay's powered people into the playoffs. Will that continue? Find out when we come back. This is Fantasy Football Weekly, presented by Devonis on the Fan. Welcome back to the show. It is Fantasy Football Weekly on the Fan. Maybe more impressive that uh, we have callers from Toronto, Indiana, Milwaukee on hold. That we I never even got the phone number on this show. These are people who have figured out how to call in, despite the it, fact that we never secret, mentioned the I phone thought. number. Um, yeah, it's really not a secret, but we just never need to mention it, so I never do. Not on this show, anyway. Um, you know what we jump- should mention? What's that? We should mention that uh, we went toy shopping on Thursday with uh, Scott Fish's Fantasy Cares. Great call. Uh and we bought almost $20,000 worth of toys for Toys for Tots uh, at Target and Egan this uh, Thursday. And yeah. he's reopened donations, too. Yeah, fantasycares.net for if you want to donate for uh, next year's uh, cause. It's a pretty great cause. Yep. Scott's doing great work. Scott's doing great work with the Scott Fish Bowl. It's uh, entirely for charity, and um, and it's great to see uh, this thing blow up. It was $15,000 last year. It's $44,000 this year. Yeah. And it all goes to Toys for Tots, and it's all funded by fantasy players like you. It's the fantasy community getting involved, so thank all you guys for yep. uh, being a part of it. And thanks to Scott for uh, all the hours he puts into running that uh, running that charity in the league. Cleveland takes on Denver, Matt, and you already said you like uh, Baker Mayfield as your take-a-chance-on-me-quarterback, quasi take a chance on the quarterback. Uh, I think he's a little too good for that, but I love Jarvis Landry in this matchup. Talk to me about him. Uh, I gave him a B grade. Uh, no. I, what? Why? He's my number 10 wide receiver this week. Well, maybe there's not that many good wide receivers this week, Charge. Well, actually, that is kind of true. Uh, Landry bounced back with his first touchdown in six games last week against the Panthers. Only gets the B here because I'm worried that his target total has just been awful. Over the last five weeks, four, nine, five, five, and seven. Well, he had it's double di- He had double digit targets in Talk six to John of the prior Ross. eight games. Talk to John Ross about a, an awful his, target his number. His target total dropped significantly. Charge it's it's bad for Jarvis Landry. He faces backup slot corner Justin Simmons, yeah. who gives up a passer rating of one hundred six and a catch rate of eighty three percent. Yeah, and the Broncos yeah. are allowing almost 200 yards per game to the wide receiver position. Right. Landry, What's not Landry to like? was a C grade as of like two or three weeks ago. I'm giving him a B. I think that's generous. No. He hasn't you got the not, target total. Not seeing this correctly. 
He had four targets last week, Charge. Loud noises. Four. Uh, David Njoku, uh, I'm giving him a C grade, even though I don't like it at all. Uh, last week, the Broncos almost allowed a single-game record for tight end yards to George Kittle. Well, they should have. Uh, Njoku has been a constant disappointment this season, though. You've never been able to play him in the right spot. He goes off in the games he shouldn't. He mm-hmm. doesn't score in the games that he should. That's an understatement. Yeah. I, how many games has he gone off in? Two? Yeah, that's about it. Uh, Nick Chubb, I'm giving him a B grade. Broncos are a middle-of-the-pack matchup, although they have not allowed a running back rushing touchdown in seven straight games. However... Chubb has scored in six of the seven games since Carlos Hyde was traded, so something's got to give there. I think Chubb gets a touchdown. Over on the other side, there's one starter, and it's Philip Lindsay. I gave him an A grade, but I'm nervous about two things. First, he was bottled up last week. Uh, that was the first week Emmanuel Sanders was gone for the offense. He only had 14 carries for 30 yards, mm-hmm. did get a touchdown against a not-great San Fran run defense. And second, while Cleveland's been bad against the run overall on the season, they've been a bit better lately. Uh, McCaffrey did score twice last week, but was held to 63 yards on 16 carries. And the prior couple of weeks, they didn't give up a touchdown to mix in the Atlanta backs or Lamar Miller. So he's still an A grade, but I can see a path where it's not an A-quality uh, stat line that he puts out. Case Keenum in the passing game is all on the bench, though. Keenum's been held to under 200 yards in three straight weeks. The Browns give up a lot of yards, but they're tied for the seventh-fewest passing scores allowed. And uh, Browns corner TJ Carey will be covering Sutton. He's yet to allow a score in his coverage all year. So uh, Cortland Sutton and Deshaun Hamilton are both on the bench. Vikings play uh, play the Dolphins, and plenty of moving parts for the Vikings because we have a new offensive coordinator who's never called a play, ever. No, he has in the Pro Bowl last year. Oh, all right, good. Well, I'll take that. Left, okay, and then he was the the Pro Bowl, the Pro Bowl OC. I like that. Is that one where they let the fans like vote the play in or call in a play? I'm pretty sure. Well, they should. I I think (laughs) they they do do that. But I'll tell you what: you want to make the Pro Bowl a lot more interesting. Let the fans call all the offensive plays. No, they've done that. They've done a thing where you like tweet the play. Yes, I think they should. You know, it should be a mad. They should build a Madden-like interface. Yeah, where we've all got you know all the fans have got five, six, seven seconds. You know, after a play ends, to call the next play, and that's what they're running. Maybe they have a sixty-second. You want to get people watching the Pro Bowl? That do in a second. (laughs) Anyway, start with the passing game for the Vikings. I like Kirk Cousins at a B level here. Uh, now, granted, over the past two games, Kirk has posted just 201 and 208 yards, um, and a lot of those yards came in garbage time. Fortunately, Miami secondary is suffering with injuries. Xavier Howard out in all probability, and that does give some hope here. And if you subtract out a Sam Darnold game over the past two months, the Dolphins are giving up three passing touchdowns per game and 271 yards. So I think Cousins bounce, bounces back nicely here, in part uh, because of the help that he gets from Adam Thielen with an A grade. Stefan Diggs uh, will uh, will have a lot of success as well. In fact, I also have an A grade. In fact, let me start with Stefan Diggs with an A grade here because Xavier Howard is out. Um, this is a great opportunity. He'll go up against Tory McTire, who really should be Tory Retire. Oh, he, yeah, uh, Savage Burn. By Absolutely, charge. he got hammered by Tom Brady last week and on the season. Tory McTire giving up a passer rating of 134. We're getting closing in on perfect passer rating in his coverage. Stefan Diggs, A grade. Thielen, A grade. He goes up against slot corner Bobby McCain, who's given up a touchdown in three of the past four games. I think the bounce back's coming for Kirk in this passing game. How about Treadless McTire? That work? Mm. I, I kind of like that. I like Tory Retire quite a bit, though. <laughs> um, Kyle Rudolph. I know he's been the forgotten man in the Vikings offense, but maybe that changes here with the change at offensive coordinator and a struggling Dolphins team against tight ends. 
They've allowed the most tight end scores this year, including four in the last three weeks. They've allowed three multiple touchdown games to a tight end this year. Kyle Rudolph, C-grade, and then finally Dalvin Cook. His 13 rushing attempts against Seattle were his most since week one, which is depressing. Cook should get volume against a Dolphins team, though, giving up 25 rushing attempts per game, 113 yards per game to opposing running backs. Again, we're not sure how Kevin Stefanski will use him, but it's probably more than the usage he was getting under John DiFilippo. On the Miami side, everybody's on the bench. In the Dolphins' five-game road losing streak, they're scoring an average of 16 points, and the Vikings are the toughest defense out of that group by a lot. In the passing game, the Vikings' pass defense has been terrific against, against far better quarterbacks than Ryan Tannehill. The only receiver you might be tempted to start is Kenny Stills, but he's going to get Xavier Rhodes all game, so I think he's dead to us anyway. Uh, Kenyon Drake and Frank Gore are both on the bench. Drake is scoring some touchdowns, um, but he's only averaging nine touches per game. For whatever reason, they won't play him, and so at nine touches per game, you can't start him, not against the Vikings. Frank Gore is still looking for his first rushing touchdown, and the Vikings are unlikely to give it up. They're on the bench as well. I don't know if you can count miracle touchdowns either, uh, players. Well, they score, but you can't really bank on one happening. If it happens in like back-to-back games, how much of a miracle is it really? Texans take on the Jets. Uh, that is a game for today. Be sure you set your lineups on that. The early game today. It is the early one, which starts at, I think, 3 or something close. 3.30. And we time. highlighted the, the Cleveland-Denver game. That's also the Saturday game yep, today. Yep, that is the Saturday, Saturday night. night game. Thank Don't you. put any of these players in your flex. Yeah, well, yeah, you probably don't Brian's want Brian's hammering that home today. That's fine. Uh, Texans take on the Jets. Uh, Brian, what are your thoughts on Lamar Miller? I think this could be a fantastic game for a player who's been very good for a couple of months. You want my overall thoughts on Lamar Miller? No, I really uh, don't, because I remember how much you loved him last year. I remember how much you loved Monty Ball a couple of years before. <laughs> okay, but anyway. That was not a couple years ago. That was a couple like years before five I said. years ago. A couple and, years before that. Yes. And, it's and not, this was a few years ago. Yeah. Monty Ball. Your number one running back. <laughs> was he really number one? Yeah, oh, you love you some Monty Ball, no. baby. That was a bad call. <laughs> that officially neutralizes my Saquon Barkley number two this year. That's the ace up my sleeve when it comes to Lamar Miller. But anyway, to today's game, I'm giving him a B. And I hear I, I'm praising Lamar Miller, and then you got to pull out the Monty Ball card. Well, you... What is this with his latent hostility? <laughs> no. You know, it's week 15. You No, you praised him today, and I said overall. Then you took the first step, and I stopped there. You took the first step. Go. Okay, let's get along. Uh, B, over the last four Games, the Jets are allowing 130-plus rushing yards and five rushing touchdowns, uh, have allowed that uh, two opposing running backs. Miller is a lock for 18 to 20 touches. Dante Foreman has been activated off the pup list, but he'll eat into Alfred Blue's workload more than Miller. So if you're worried about Alfred Blue's workload, you should be worried about Dante Foreman. But anyway, mm-hmm. Miller gets the B. Uh, over to the receiving game, Dondre, Dondre Hopkins, obvious A. Uh, Demarius Thomas, going to give him a B. Kind of quiet since his two-touchdown game in Week 12. Well, not kind of quiet. How about very quiet? Very quiet. But uh, secondary boundary receivers have not been quiet against the Jets, uh, topping 100 yards in three of New York's last four games. It was done by Robert Foster, Tywan Taylor, and Robert Foster. Did it twice. <laughs> so there you go. And oh, yeah. Demarius Thomas, Thomas actually had a good game as a Bronco against the Jets. All right. <laughs> Catching six bad. passes okay. for 105 yards and a touchdown. Well, he's so, got a better quarterback now. Yeah, so uh, I like Thomas. He gets a B, uh, as does Deshaun Watson. On paper, you're likely to get 250 and a touchdown and a half 
through the air, regardless of who he plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, New York is bottom seven in opponent passing touchdown percentage, which doesn't bode well for Watson. But he's still a, a threat with his legs. Despite having two rushing touchdowns on the season, uh, he could do some damage here. Mobile quarterbacks have had success against the Jets in recent weeks. Most notably, Josh Allen's nine carries for 101 yards and a touchdown. Marcus Mariota had 40-plus yards. Mitch Trubisky topped 50 yards. So uh, Watson can certainly do the same. And uh, real quick, Kiki Cutie has been ruled out, so you don't want to contemplate him whatsoever. Uh, Over to the Jets really quick. Elijah McGuire and Robbie Anderson were both my take-a-chance-on-me players. McGuire is the more safer floor. Anderson's the boomer-bust option there. And then uh, Chris Herndon is viable in the tight end wasteland. I'll give him a C. Houston has allowed seven touchdowns to tight ends over the past seven games. And over the past month, they are allowing over 85 yards per game to the position. And they've allowed a tight end to score in four of their six road games this year. You remember this preseason when Deshaun Watson, the question was whether or not he should be the number one ranked fantasy quarterback. Because of all of the explosiveness that he showed last year, none of that explosiveness has shown up this year. He's got one explosive game on the season. In all reality, people in the semifinals are probably not contemplating starting Deshaun Watson this year. Probably not. He's just been he's been utterly mundane. Well, take a he's look got at the two one guys or two. who had ACLs last year at the quarterback position. Yeah, Wentz, Wentz and yeah. Watson. Yeah. And both of those guys are kind of down this year. And they and both of them had done really well in in no small part because of their mobility. Yeah. And you take that mobility away and it's just not the same for those guys. Could be next year. Could be yeah, next. Maybe yeah, maybe yeah. another year removed, but I don't know that they'll ever be the runners they were. Donovan McNabb to go old school. How about RG3? For a couple of years Donovan McNabb was a really good rushing mobile quarterback and then he got hurt, had a major knee injury and never really ran again. Yeah. RG3 is an extreme example of that. One good season as an mm-hmm. amazing rusher and then nothing. So yeah, it's uh, a lot of the times they don't ever become rushing quarterbacks again. Let's go to uh, let's take a couple of phone calls. People nice enough to be on hold for quite a while. Uh, Colin in Indiana, hello. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. I appreciate it. No problem. Um, I'm in a little bit of a pickle here. I had, like many, Keenan Allen getting a zero. Yeah. The only uh, bonus was Mahomes had a bad game for my opponent. Mm-hmm. So I am starting an A-rated Andrew Luck and the uh, Chicago Bears defense, but I don't know if I should rely on Hilton with the ankle or pop in Aaron Jones versus the Bears and hope for the best. I think if Hilton is playing, you go Hilton. and Yeah, because you're down already, yeah. um, maybe you do do that, and you double up on the, the Luck-Hilton combo. The Jones matchup just sucks. It does. I, 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 don't, I don't really want any part of that unless it's desperation time. Well, Does, I mean, uh, Mark Ingram play into this at all? Then no, he's so touchdown dependent. I didn't, I didn't think so, but Probably I thought not. I'd ask. Yeah, um, I think I think you got I think you got very good advice for somebody that needs to come back from a deficit. I think that's the right way to go. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Thanks, Colin. Thank Appreciate you. the call in from Indiana, uh, Ben in Wisconsin. Hello. Hey guys. <clears throat> Hopefully, I can call in tomorrow or uh, next week rather. And- and uh, if not, uh, Merry Christmas. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Appreciate you that, Ben. So, really quick, um, I have to try to decide on a defense. Uh, all the rankings outside of years, which I usually go with years, suggest uh, Bears defense versus <laughs> yeah. Packers over the Ravens. Mm. Well, given given I mean, I the, the Redskins as well, given the newer news about the Bear, uh, the the Packers being without their starting right tackle against Khalil Mack, I can't imagine I'd want to start anybody over the Bears. 
You you d- you don't like the uh, Ravens at home against Jameis Winston, the pick machine? I do. Although Winston's been a lot better in that regard. The the point is, is I went up against uh, Mike Williams and I sat uh, the running back for the Chiefs, Williams. So, oh, ouch! I'm going for double-edged yeah, Williams really, sword. Really quick, if I can quick jump in, I'm I'm starting Tyler Boyd. Would you start him over Ridley or Pettis? Or one yes. of maybe your tacky chance, yes. chance means if I'm going for high. Uh, Ridley, if he needs the ceiling, I think Ridley's got the high ceiling here. Boyd's Pat, got he, the Boyd's got the Raiders and Nick Nelson in the slot. He's also got Jeff Driscoll as a quarterback. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> oh, still, yeah. yeah, I I go Boyd, but that's just that's just if me. you want super high upside, I'd go Ridley. Me too. I just hope that All they right, throw away from awesome. Patrick Peterson the whole game. Yeah, yeah. You, there's an angle there. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Yep. Good luck. Um, when we come back, Titans take on the Giants without Odell Beckham. Does that help or hurt Sterling Shepard and Saquon Barkley Ooh. in a tricky matchup? Find out more when we come back. This is Fantasy Football Weekly, presented by Devonis on the fan. Welcome back. It's hour number two of a semifinals edition of Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchi and Matt Harrison, Brian Johnson with you. It is uh, Before we get to three hot questions, I want to mention our ongoing thanks to our decade-long sponsor, Grain Belt Premium, the official beer of fantasy football. Do not forget to play the free Crush Charge Challenge at GrainBelt.com. Win $2,000 and a trip to Manny's Steakhouse for the Winner's Banquet in January. As always, many thanks to our friends at the brewery, Sean Ryan, Brett Moss, Lee Windinger, and the owners, Ted and Jody Marty. And, of course, at Manny's, Dave Wilson, who puts the whole thing together. Mm, man, I can't wait. Already very excited. We can't wait either. Yeah, well. Yeah, what time I, do I show up? Yeah, we'll, just, um, we'll be there. We're going to be there on a uh, 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 Wednesday at uh, 2 <laughs> So sounds, sounds good. I'm yeah, excited. Yeah, I think you show up then. I think you'll uh, you'll be glad you're there. The uh, winner of last week's Crush Church Challenge is hold on, looking for the name Pete Schletz. Schletz. <laughs> oh, I had one Pete of those Schletz. beers before. That's right. You know, true story. Schletz in the '70s had 20 percent of the market. You know, you're striving to get your beer to like one percent, right? Well, now, yeah. now, 20 percent of the market changed their formula. Changed the flavor. They went new and the Coke whole thing it. went under. That's right. <laughs> they new coked it before new Coke. They really schletz themselves go. They sh- <laughs> they schletz themselves in the schletz. All right. Let's go to uh I don't, I don't <laughs> that know. That poor winner of the crush challenge. Yeah, poor Pete. I'm sorry, Pete. And I gotta go see Pete in a month. Pete, I'm sorry. We love you, Pete. And we and, and but trust me, with a last name like Chargy, and I don't mock anybody's last name. Devani's hot question number one. You think I would hold on? Let's do this one more time. Devani's hot question number one in the charge league, where we use free agent blind bidding. I've been holding on to my final dollar of free agent money for several weeks in the event my kicker gets hurt because I only got one kicker. And I've, that way, if I need to make an emergency transaction, I've got my dollar for that one transaction. Should non waiver 
free agent claims just be free. Shouldn't I'll, cost a dollar. Brian. I'll address your kicker scenario when you tell me that I'm wrong for saying you should uh, get rid of the mandatory $1 for uh, you know, claims or even ads. I'm all for $0 claims and $0 First come, first serve as once waivers run. Mm-hmm. We have to let teams uh, give them a chance to field a roster in the event of emergency. And really out there, there could be teams that had Odell Beckham, Kareem Hunt, mm-hmm. A.J. Green, Melvin Gordon, Melvin Gordon James right. Connor, James Connor. Keep right. it going. Matt Breida, A.J. Green. And look, if you let these guys make $0 claims, they're not going to get anybody good. And if they do, they deserve those players because everyone else in your league is asleep at the wheel. And then first come, first serve should just be open for anyone. You just need to allow people to field a full roster. And if you make it where you have to pay $1, then that's impossible. Yes. And obviously you're talking about fictional money based on your yes. your, yes. your $100 or whatever cap that you use uh, in your league for free agent blind bidding. Well, I think this question came about because, Charge, you and I had lunch the other day, and I asked you, is the Charge League the epitome of like the perfect mm-hmm. redraft league? You are correct. And the first thing that you came up with was, I don't know if we should allow $0 bids in FAB. And I think you should. It, it, it's something that uh, we made a change on safe leagues. Uh, we used to have $1 mm-hmm. uh, minimum bids, and now we have $0 bids on all safe leagues transactions. And it's just really well-received by the fantasy community, and I think that's the, uh, it's, it's the, it's the more popular way to go right now. The case for having to charging a dollar for uh, free agent transactions after the waiver wire has run is this. Every transaction should have cost. It should have weight to it. Uh, by living within the cap, you're proving something extra about your abilities as a team manager, right? You know, there's still some extra strategy involved in, in my case, saving sure. you know, saving this dollar just yeah. in case I need it, or at some point, do I risk the dollar, right? So, you know, do I do I right now, you know, do I risk that dollar and just say I think my Dallas kicker is going to be okay the rest of the way? Um, there is some strategy to that, uh, but there's also the zero dollars the zero dollar side of it is that. You know, transactions still do have a cost built into them because I have to drop somebody. Yeah. Right? Now, a lot of leagues use this, you know, what I think is, you know, it's not how I like to play. When you've got 22 guys on your roster, dropping somebody doesn't even have any weight. No. And I don't like it there. No. But, um, you know, for my leagues that are almost universally with short rosters, uh, you do have, you know, it does cost you something. And I like the idea of eliminating some element of luck because, you know, this kicker situation I'm in is luck. The situation that Brian just described with all the, the the eight injuries that all hit one team, or even just three that hit one team at the end of the year, it ends up being really a matter of just bad luck, and that's not how I want to decide leagues. So, after a lot of consternation and a lot of thinking, I believe the correct answer are zero dollar waiver wire bids, Woo-hoo! not waiver wire post waiver wire uh, free agent costs. I'm gonna faint. <laughs> Giovanni's hot question number two. Carson Wentz season is almost certainly over. Next year, is he a top five quarterback, top ten quarterback, or lower than tenth? Matt. Uh, here are the quarterbacks that I will have ranked higher than Wentz next season. Mahomes, Big Ben, Matt Ryan, Luck, Newton, Breeze, Goff, Watson, Rivers, Rogers, Brady, Cousins, Wilson. That's uh thirteen right there. So I guess he's below ten. Yeah, I don't have much to add, and I think uh, Jimmy Garoppolo could even uh, threaten yeah, Wentz's rank. All those guys I, I named, by the way, have more fantasy points per game than Wentz this year, too. Yeah, I think this year's going to be tricky. This year in my league, Charge League, he's quarterback 12 in the weeks he's played. Okay. Weeks third, 3 through 14. So that puts him in this, the conversation for top 10. Um, 
there are def- I got a I got my list of guys as well, but there are a couple and my list is very very similar to your list, but here's why I'm going to take some of the guys out of your list. Okay. Brady and Breeze. I think I'd rather be a week a year early than a week too late on the end coming for those guys. And so I think they're going to be outside of my outside of that group you just mentioned. Goff, I think, is going to be outside because Gurley just siphons off too many scores in some games, and he leaves you with a bad box score in too many games. So I think Goff's going to be on the outside of that. So that takes my 13, I mine was 13 too, mm-hmm. down to 10. And I have exactly, right now, number 10. Now that's it. If you told me Golden Tate's not coming back, that might be enough. Yeah, he's in a contract To get me year. out, he's in a contract year, but I'm, just, I'm going to assume that the team that's got his rights now and could potentially either transition tag him or franchise tag him is going to keep Golden Tate. And I think given that, top 10 is the correct answer. Oh, wait. Did you go? Did I skip you? He no, did I, it. No, he I did. basically just did all it. Right, okay, right. Devani's hot question number three. Odell Beckham season is probably done. What? I know. Next year, is he a top five wide receiver, a top 10 wide receiver, or lower than 10th? We go to our Giants desk and Brian Johnson. Uh, his injury is not threatening the start of next season, so I'm just going to keep it short and sweet and say he's definitely inside my top five. Just think, I mean, Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, you know, Julio. People have mixed emotions about Julio being a top five wide receiver, but I'm just going to say yes. I will have Odell Beckham inside my top five unless something unforeseen happens over the summer, which it very well could with him actually. <laughs> Here are the wide receivers I for sure want over Odell next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Antonio Brown, Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, Devontae Adams, Adam Thielen, Tyreek Hill, DeAndre Hopkins, and Juju Smith-Schuster. That's eight right there. Mm-hmm. There's a whole bunch of wide receivers that are kind of in that same tier with Beckham. Uh, Keenan Allen, A.J. Green, Mike Evans, Amari Cooper, Stephon Diggs. So the it comes down to who's the quarterback in New York next year. Can I can it get worse than Eli? It certainly could. Is it Joe Flacco? Is it Blake Bortles? Is it Jameis Winston? I don't know yet. So I think he's lower than tenth right now. Did you really put Amari Cooper in the same category as Odell Beckham? Absolutely, there? he's a better wide receiver right now. Well, yeah, it'll be right nice sample size. All right, whatever. Okay. Uh, Matt summed this up almost point by point through my list, including your list of receivers. Yeah, was identical to mine with one exception. And I had also had my secondary list filled with all the same guys that you talked okay, about, good. except Robert Woods. And then you throw in this mystery at quarterback where I think there's a decent chance that an even older and worse and more noodle-armed Eli Manning <laughs> is still your quarterback. I think that he will not crack my top 10. Odell Beckham, outside of the top 10 next year. And by the way, and as somebody that's... I've owned him in, in, in uh, my 20-team league in back-to-back years... God, am I tired of his injuries? Jeez, it's you know, will he play? Won't yeah. he play? Will he finish a game? You know, and then he missed all last year, most of last year. I'm, we uh, might as well say AJ Green sucks too. I don't even have Green. No, I don't have Green uh, on my I list. I don't even have Green in this list. Uh, I noticed, but yeah, I mean, he's not that injured. There's something I didn't mention too. The addition of Saquon makes it not as important for Odell to be the feature in that offense because Saquon's so good and he's going to be. Probably RB1 on a oh, lot of people's be. If list. If he's not RB1, year. you're doing it wrong yeah. next year. Well, Odell was on a ridiculous stretch before yeah. his injury, too, so don't forget. But, okay. I'm going to forget it. Titans take on the Giants, Matt. Yeah. Um, I don't really, I don't, I don't, I don't, I was going to try to lead in with something compelling about the Titans. How about this? How Derek about Henry did Derek really Henry, good last week. The Derrick Henry bit. <laughs> Will he have one third of the yardage? Uh, Maybe. 
Uh, I gave him a B grade. Uh, I started looking at the backfields the Giants have faced recently, and let me know if any of these like stick out to you as super good backfields. Mm-hmm. Washington, Chicago, Philly, Tampa, San Fran, Washington again, Atlanta, Philly again. Those are the last eight games. Chicago's pretty good backfield. It, it's Cohen and Howard. It's not super impressive though, right? Um, there's I'm not there's I'm not a fantasy stud in there. Mostly those are not good backfields. Yeah. Eight different running backs have topped 80 total yards in that list right there. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Uh, so this stat's courtesy of Evan Silva, by the way. Uh, Derek Henry's averaging 5.4 yards per carry and a touchdown per game in career December games and 4.1 yards per carry with a quarter touchdown in games in any other month. So Henry gets the B grade, but he's still splitting touches with Deion Lewis. And so Deion Lewis gets a C grade as well. I just highlighted the Giants' deficiency against backs. Since Snacks left, I'll add that they've allowed the third most receiving yards to opposing running backs in their last five. So Deion Lewis is in play. Marcus Mariota, barely startable. The Giants have allowed an average of 27 points per game over their last three while facing Josh Jackson, Chase Daniel, and Nick Mullins. So that's good for Mariota. But on the other hand, he's thrown 24 or fewer pass attempts in four of the last five. And the Giants have only allowed multiple passing scores in one of their last eight games. Uh, With that, Corey Davis is just a C grade, too. It's really tough to rely on him. He's super inconsistent, and he faces Janoris Jenkins this week who over the last three weeks has only allowed 22 yards in his coverage. And granted, remember the quarterbacks he faced over those three, so it's uh, it's not great. Uh, Anthony Ferkser is a real-life person, and if you're extremely desperate for a tight end, oh, John no. Smith hit IR. We, ha- we Gi- are in the playoffs now. Yeah. The Giants allowed the fifth-most receptions to tight ends, but Anthony Ferkser is not in your lineup. Play him over Jimmy Graham. Yeah, that's probably I'll put true. that on wax. Yeah. Uh, Saquon's an A. Odell's ruled out with a quad injury, and very quickly, Eli and the passing game are all on the bench. Maybe Evan Ingram. Uh, Titans are top five in passing yards and touchdowns allowed. Sterling Shepard hasn't topped 37 yards since week seven. Evan Ingram did catch three passes for 77 yards last week and tends to be only relevant when Odell Beckham is not in play. Mm. Uh, Odell's not playing this week, so if I'm playing any part of that passing game, it's Evan Ingram. Uh, people, I, I've had a bunch of people reach out on Twitter or just personally that they want to start Sterling Shepard because Odell Beckham's gone. I'm like, no. that doesn't help him. That hurts him. No. That is, that's no help he for was, Sterling Shepard. Sterling was good last year when Beckham was gone for, for quite a bit of the season, but he just hasn't been there the last couple months. No, and I think he, I frankly, I just think it, if you're going to stop somebody in that passing game, you just take away Sterling Shepard and you go make you know, Russell Shepard beat you. Yeah, and there was no... Virtually no running game for the Giants last year, and that has completely changed this season, of course. That is true. Uh, Raiders take on the Bengals. Uh, I already mentioned Derek Carr might take a chance on me, quarterback. I've got a C grade on him. Jared Cook all the way up in an A. There are only three quality tight ends who have faced the Bengals all year. All three of them scored. Eric Ebron, Travis Kelsey, O.J. Howard. Cook has been on a tear for the last month. Touchdowns in three games out of four and back-to-back 100-yard games for a tight end. That's awesome. A grade on Jared Cook. Jordy Nelson clocking in with a C grade. Yeah. Finally healthy. In the last two weeks, he's been targeted 18 times while posting. How many is that per game? Nine times. Nine times. Nine times. While posting almost 150 yards in the two games. He is a plausible dart throw against a very inconsistent Bengals secondary. Let's go to the running game. Doug Martin all the way up to a B this week. Bengals have given up at least one touchdown to a running back in 12 straight games, and no team has allowed more fantasy points to running backs this year than the Bengals. After a very promising start, though, 
Doug Martin has reverted to his old self. He's averaging just th- barely three yards per carry over the last two games, and he hasn't topped 72 rushing yards or 92 combined yards all season. So that does tap his upside a little bit, but a very strong matchup. And for once, the Raiders probably aren't playing from a big deficit. So I like Doug Martin here, and I think he's a sneaky play. Do you know his, what's his uh, what's his cost in, on Fanball? Do you know? You look really look it up really quick. I know Jordy is thirty eight hundred. I think he's a great play. That is a great ball. play. I think Doug might be too. Let's I'll, while you're looking it up, I'll mention Jalen Rashard while we're talking Raiders. Let's wrap it up there. The Bengals have allowed the most touchdowns to opposing runners through the air. Six. That's the bid on Rashard, who never scores, but still six uh six passing touchdowns to running backs is a lot. They've also allowed forty four or more receiving yards to a runner six different times. So Jalen Richard, Jalen Richard is a uh, is a is a reasonable play here in PPR leagues too. Muscle Hamster, forty seven hundred. That's it. That's it. also a good buy. I just I just think people just see Raiders and are like I'm I'm out. But I think this is your when chance. You, when you see Bengals defense, you go, I'm in. I'm in. Oh, uh, this game is the reason fantasy football exists. It's <laughs> Oakland to Cincinnati, without a doubt. <laughs> That's the only people watching. The only people who care. People in Oakland don't even care anymore. Uh, let's go to the Bengals side. Joe Mixon gets a B. He saw a season high thirty-one touches last week. With this is with AJ Green out, uh, that you know this offense really does go through Joe Mixon. He's also topped one hundred thirty-eight yards in two of the last three weeks. In Oakland's last two games, they held backups Spencer Ware and Jalen Samuels in check. But overall, let's remember the Raiders rank bottom three in rushing attempts and rushing yards per game, and they're 27th in yards per carry. This is a very plus matchup for Joe Mixon. We'll give him a B grade. Tyler Boyd also with a B. Raiders secondaries allowed four scores and one 100 yard game to opposing receivers in just their last three games. Tyler Boyd runs mostly from the slot, where he'll see struggling slot cornerback Nick Nelson. Nelson allows a passer rating of 130. And he's given up at least 83 yards in two of his last four games. So, Tyler Boyd, a nice B grade here. John Ross is on the bench. I know he has scored in six different games, but and so you might be thinking John Ross is better than he is. What you probably don't realize, those touchdowns are masking 1.8 receptions per game and 20 yards per game for John Ross. That's it. If he does not score, he daggers your team. How are we doing on time? Let's take a break. When we come back, more matchups, including Seahawks taking on the 49ers. Does Tyler Lockett continue his strong season? Russell Wilson, will he bounce back after a dreadful fantasy game against the Vikings? Find out when we come back. This is Fantasy Football Weekly, presented by Green Belt Premium on the fan. If your league did not knock out Todd Gurley last week, you got a big problem coming. We'll tell you about uh, the Rams game in um, a little later in the show, but that's uh, that was your big opportunity. Knock out Todd Gurley last week. This week he's my number one ranked running back. It's going to be tricky. Why'd you whisper that uh, a little seductively there? Because well, it's, it's, <laughs> what what he's what he the, the box score he's going to put up. Is it's going to be borderline sexual okay. for his owners? All right, yeah, they're uh, yeah. They're... In most cases, the guys who guys and girls who you know the Rams propelled them to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Most of them probably had a bye last week. Was there is there a better time fantasy football bye than oh, that last bed wedding of the Rams? Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, Seahawks take on the 49ers. Uh, Brian Russell Wilson. Speaking of bad last weeks, seventy passing yards last week, scoreless passing yards. Probably bounces back nicely here against the 49ers, though, right? 
Yeah, these teams just played in week 13. Yeah, two weeks yeah. ago. So I'll I hate it when that. they do that. Uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of bizarre. Real quick, the, the Saints and Panthers, they're playing for the first time this week. Yeah, right. And week 17, it's the second game. That's even weird. But anyway, uh, Russell Wilson, I'm going to give him an A. Despite just 17 pass attempts a couple weeks ago, he did throw for four touchdowns. And uh, the only quarterbacks who have failed to throw for multiple touchdowns against the 49ers are Case Keenum, Derek Carr, and Josh Rosen. So Russell Wilson still an elite play, giving him an A. Uh, his wide receivers, Tyler Lockett, can give him an A as well. Uh, only had one catch in the first meeting, but it was for a 52-yard touchdown. There just should be more volume passing for Seattle in this mm-hmm. game, so Lockett is an obvious A. I'm benching Doug Baldwin. Uh, Pete Carroll is optimistic Baldwin will play. He actually played in that first meeting and scored a touchdown on one catch as well, but yeah. I'm not trusting him in, in the fantasy playoffs. No, and groin injuries and receivers re-injure all the time. And, and I, I'm not going uh, as far as uh, the uh, Moore or uh, Jerron Brown. Um and then tight end, I don't remember who starts for tight end for Seattle either. I'm not recommending you start him either, whoever it is in this game. Vanette. Vanette or Ed Dixon or who knows. And then uh, Chris Carson, lastly, he gets an A. 13 carries for 69 nice yards against the Niners in that Week 13 game. Rashad Penny ate into his workload in that game with seven carries for 65 yards and a touchdown. But Rashad Penny has been ruled out, so Chris Carson is an elite play this week, giving mm-hmm. him an A. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of elite, let's go over to the 49ers and George Kittle. George Kittle has over 700 yards after the catch. Wow. The how, many, highest, how many tight ends have 700 yards? Probably none. The second highest is Juju in like the 550 range. Wow. There are 27 players with 700 regular receiving yards in the NFL this year. Are you? Kittle has 700 after the catch. Make your call right now that you're going to have Kittle as your number one tight end next year. There are only three other tight ends besides Kittle that have 700, 700 yards, yards. And that's what Kittle has after the catch. Yeah. I've already put him, I got him ahead of Ertz. I still got to go Kelsey first. But yeah, Kittle, right. I got to kill above Ertz right now. But okay. uh, anyway, he's an A. Uh, despite having just six catches for 70 yards in the first meeting, that's probably his floor in this one. You're clearly not going to bench Kittle. And if you are, I don't. I want to hear about what league you're in. So uh, he gets an A. Marquise Goodwin, sadly on the bench, added to the injury report on Thursday with a calf injury. Just yeah. a lost season for him. Pretty sad. He's on the bench. Dante Pettis is not. By the way, though. he'll be a nice last pick of your draft next oh, year. Definitely. Yeah, he's so. going to be way off radars next year. I do Goodwin hope so. And uh, Dante Pettis, I'm going to give him a B. He's uh, kind of that Hail Mary play you might be looking for if you're a Keenan Allen owner. He certainly paid off uh, two weeks ago with 129 yards and two touchdowns, not Mm -hmm. guaranteeing that uh, repeat performance, but he is a viable play as the uh, top pass catcher when it comes to wide receivers for the 49ers, of course. Uh, And for that reason, I like those two. I like Nick Mullins as my take-a-chance-let-me quarterback. Uh, You can go back and listen to the podcast if you missed that. And then uh, for the running backs, Matt Breida, limited all week in practice, you just don't. He could pop up and play. You never know. You never know. That's so frustrating. It's, I think he plays in this one, and every other time that he's been active, he ends up starting the game. But then you never know if he's going to finish it. Yeah, he's it's a super whack-a-ball. frustrating. Yeah. So if you're banking on Justin Williams as a or Justin Wilson as a starter, uh, you better be wary of that. Uh, but it is a good matchup for running backs since Week Nine. The Seahawks are giving up 160 plus combo yards and one plus touchdowns per game, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Wilson had 134 combo yards in that first meeting. Yeah. So you got to you got to monitor that situation very closely, though. For sure, uh, Washington takes on the Jaguars, Matt. Uh, in my mind, there's one startable player in this entire matchup: Leonard Fournette. Nobody else. You like Yeldon, though. <laughs> 
You yeah, got I had any, you have a starting and, grade on anyone else other than Fournette and Yeldon? I had Yeldon, and then I had Westbrook as my take a chance oh, on me wide right. receiver as yeah. well. I don't even feel that great about You're either de- of those guys. So. <laughs> you shouldn't. No, I, I I try to take these stabs to to find some some lower level guys. That yeah, okay, Baker up. Mayfield. Yeah, you know, I'm 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 a man of the people. Uh, Fournette, I gave the A grade to over the last three weeks. Washington's allowed 121 to Zeke, 170 to Saquon. Both Lamar Miller and Josh Adams topped 85 yards apiece. Uh, tackle Jeremy Parnell is out for the Jaguars. That's a that's a little uh, bad for Fournette, but he's going to get 30 touches in this game. Uh, Cody Kessler in the passing game, all on the bench. 43 passing attempts last week for Kessler. All he could manage was 240-1. In the prior week when they kept the ball on the ground, mm-hmm. he only had 24 attempts. That's probably what we're going to see this game. Yeah. And he only had 150 yards. So basically the passing game is all on the bench. Uh, on the other side, it's uh, Adrian Peterson I gave a C grade to. Although if you take away his 90-yard run... Oh, it's been a disaster. Uh, AP's averaging under two yards per carry since Colt McCoy broke his leg. But a similarly big running back did torch this Jaguars defense for 200-some yards and four touchdowns last <laughs> when week. When was that? Last yeah. week. Really? Okay. <laughs> we never saw it coming. So, no. yeah, I mean, you... you uh, Peter- Could the Jaguars really mail it in again and play with le- as, as, as little energy and effort as they did last week? <laughs> it's possible. Maybe. Uh, Josh Johnson and the passing game are on the no. bench. Uh, yeah. Stop. It's, Just yeah. right there. Yep. Good. Okay. Buccaneers taking on the Ravens. Uh, let's start with Jameis Winston with a C grade here in a brutally tough matchup. Now, to Jameis's cre- Jameis's credit, Jameson is whiskey. Yes, yeah, oh, it's delicious whiskey, is what it is. Since his most recent unbenching, Winston has limited his mistakes with just one pick in three full games. He's also thrown exactly two touchdowns in each of them, which isn't bad, but. You don't get two touchdowns against an elite Ravens secondary very easily. Since Jimmy Smith's return from suspension, the Ravens are giving up just 216 passing yards, one and a half touchdowns per game. There are several injuries, though, in the Ravens secondary. Check their status on sun, on Sunday morning. They had a bunch of questionable guys, three three starters in their secondary. They're all questionable. Check their status. That might give you a ray of hope for Winston if some of those guys do miss time. Mike Evans gets a C grade. It feels like a major letdown coming here. No receiver has scored a touchdown. Get this. No receiver scored a touchdown against Baltimore in the last three weeks, and that includes Julio Jones and Tyreek Hill. Charge, come on, let's be ballsy. Mike Evans is on the bench. Mm. He's on the bench in this game. You don't start him in this. I don't know if I can flat out put him on the bench. Uh, I, I don't think I can. I'm not. The, I'm not. I'm close. Evans hasn't faced a defense that ranks in the top 10 against receivers all season, so this should be tougher than what he's seen. Baltimore's only allowed three catches of more than 40 yards on the season. So the deep ball's not going to be there either. Yeah. But if you think Winston's going to have... Well, the thing is, here's the catch. If you think Winston's good for a touchdown, it's going to the guy with an A grade, Cameron Braid. Mm-hmm. He has scored three touchdowns in four games since Winston took over, again, his since his unbenching. Baltimore... Although a great secondary, shockingly bad against tight ends. They've allowed the third most fantasy points to tight ends over the last five weeks. Four straight opponents have posted tight end scores against Baltimore? Really? So, break gets an A grade here. I don't know how much is left over for Mike Evans. Are you worried about his receiving totals? Break has had two, three, three, two, one, three. For reception totals. Yeah, it's not it, strong. It, he has to score touchdowns on every catch for him to get <laughs> every, an A grade. Every He had two catches, 12 yards, two touchdowns last week. Mm-hmm. 
He's got to score every time. Uh, Adam Humphreys is on the bench in this tough matchup. I don't think I need to expand on that a lot other than to say that slot receivers have struggled against the Ravens uh, and better ones than him. Tyler Boyd did nothing. Sanu, nothing. Conley, nothing. So uh, Adam Humphreys on the bench. Peyton Barber's on the bench. He's failed to top three yards per carry in three straight games, and that streak continues here against a defense that gives up less than three and a half yards per carry. He faces a, a run defense that's top three in rushing yards allowed, top three in yards per carry allowed, top three in rushing touchdowns allowed. It's a brutal matchup for Peyton Barber. Let's flip it over to the other side. Lamar Jackson is fascinating in this game. <laughs> Tremendous upside and potentially heartbreaking downside in Lamar Jackson. The two mobile quarterbacks who have faced the Bucks, Mitch Trubisky and Cam Newton on two different occasions, average six yards per carry. And that's about what Lamar Jackson averages, right around six yards per carry. If he's going to continue to get 17-ish carries at six yards per carry, the math says 66 times 17 carry. The You're supposed to do this before you start. That's a 102-yard rushing day. 102-yard <laughs> rushing day potentially on tap for Lamar Jackson. Meanwhile, the Bucks secondary has allowed passing touchdowns in every single game. Lamar Jackson's coming off his first-ever two-touchdown passing effort. So it all feels like it's going well for Lamar Jackson. We've got an A grade on. But Joe Flacco is healthy. There's a scenario out there where Lamar Jackson throws a pick early or has a four-completion first half, which is in him. He is not a good passer. And here comes Joe Flacco. Just be aware, there is a Flacco, there is a Flacco scenario out there that, that kills Lamar Jackson. It seems like it's an only A-grade. injury for me. They've totally changed their offense to be a Lamar Jackson-based offense now, and it, it seems well, like it's not, injury- like they, it's, not, it's not like they don't have a Joe Flacco offense at their disposal. No, they've they, been running they a Joe Flacco offense for ten years. They threw that in the garbage can and lit it on the fire. fire. It's gone. Yeah, Kenneth Dixon was my yes. Ah, uh, never mind. Won't take. Kenneth Dixon was my take a chance of me running back, uh, and I've got a B grade on him. I've got Gus Edwards down to a C grade. I mentioned earlier in the show, Kenneth Dixon could be your starter in this game. And Gus is trailing, is going the wrong direction with his attempts, his yards per carry decreasing over the last three weeks. Um, the Bucks have given up a 100-yard rushing game in four of the last seven games. They've also given up a very, very robust 5.7 yards per carry to backs in those last seven games. So Gus Edwards can still get something done here, but I prefer Dixon, especially through the air. And all of the wide receivers and tight ends are on the bench because Lamar Jackson does not throw. I'm old enough to remember when uh, Gus Edwards was an exciting bell cow. He was an an exciting bell cow for about a week and a half. Yeah. And then that was it. Uh, We'll take a break. When we come back, our final set of matchups and lightning round looming. Stay tuned. Final segment of the semifinals edition of Fantasy Football Weekly. This is Fantasy Football Weekly presented by Devonnie's on the fan. Segment of Fantasy Football Weekly. We've got three matchups left to get to. Paul Charchi and Matt Harrison and Brian Johnson with you. We begin with the game with the highest over-under for the weekend, Patriots-Steelers. Brian, is there anybody you don't play in this one? Not when it comes to the passing game, but there are some questions uh, mm-hmm. in the running games on both sides. But We'll start with um, New England's side. Uh, in The game is in Pittsburgh. Real quick, Tom Brady, Gronk, obvious A's. They're feeding off each other now that Gronk is healthy. Brady's back to posting monster numbers. Yeah. Amazing Those two run in parallel. 
yep. Brady's success. Absolutely. And uh, for the wide receivers, Julian Edelman and Josh Gordon both get very strong Bs. Pittsburgh secondary has been struggling lately, having allowed four uh, wide receiver touchdowns over the last three games. It's hard to imagine you're benching Edelman or Gordon if you have them on roster. No way. Uh, now over to the running backs, though. Uh, starting with James White. Give him a, a B in PPR, a C in standard, though. It's not a great matchup for him through the air. Uh, the Pittsburgh Pittsburgh is only allowing 27 yards per game through the air to opposing running backs, so mm. I'm not loving James White in this one, and I'm definitely not loving Sony Michelle because of James Devlin, yeah. the ultimate vulture. Who saw that coming? If you had told me Rex Burkhead was, had done this, I'd be like, okay, I could see that. Burkhead's been invisible, and James Devlin. So what? Yeah. Insert fantasy football weekly talking about Bill Belichick running backs for the last ten mm. years. Yeah, and let's not forget Rex Burkhead is active too. He could always. Right. But yeah, Pittsburgh has not allowed a. They've allowed one 100 yard rusher all season, I believe. So your hope for Michelle is a goal line plunge. Mm-hmm. But now that's even that's like, not that's yeah, Devlin, it's Devlin it's now. Devlin, who knows? Right. So <sighs> oh, it wouldn't surprise me if Devlin doesn't get a touch though either. Yeah, absolutely. Devlin is not a lock to get a touch at all. But I'm going to give Michelle a C, but certainly explore other options. He's not a he's not a slam dunk start right. by any means. Uh, speaking of slam dunk starts on the Pittsburgh side, Ben Roethlisberger, Juju Smith Schuster, and Antonio Brown, obvious A's. Uh, Vance McDonald, borderline A in the tight end wasteland. I'll give him a B though. The Patriots have allowed seven touchdowns to tight ends this year, and the opposing tight ends are averaging nearly sixty yards per game. So McDonald is viable in this shootout. Mm-hmm. And then more questions at running back for Pittsburgh: Is James Conner going to play? I do not know. Nobody knows. Uh, he's a game time decision right now. Uh, if he goes, I would give him a B in a, a pretty good matchup. Uh, New England's been getting gashed lately by running backs, most notably Frank Gore running yes. all over the place against yes. them last week. So I'll give Connor the B, even though you got to be a little worried that he's not at 100%. Uh, but if Connor is out, uh, Jalen Samuels, the starting running back slash tight end, depending mm-hmm. on what fantasy site you play on, mm-hmm. I'd give him the C uh, just in this matchup because uh, he can catch the ball, but I don't know. You just got to wait and see. And you can't really wait and see because this is a night game. It's a very scary proposition if you don't own both Connor and Samuel. So, right. see what happens. Eagles take on the Rams, Matt. Nick Foles at the helm for the Eagles. That does not help the fantasy prospects of any of the Eagles, and I don't think I would start anybody in the passing game outside of Zach Ertz, but that's just me. How do you got it? How you got it? Do you just want to do this matchup for me? Sure. Uh, I got Zach Ertz as an A. Okay. Uh, it feels like we're due for a giant Ertz game. There was virtually no change in his production uh, in both last year and this year when Foles was in versus Wentz. Mm-hmm. So that's a good thing for Ertz, uh, and Foles targeted Ertz more than any player in his two starts this season. However, Nick Foles uh, only threw one touchdown pass and two starts earlier this year, and the Rams' secondary is really good again now. Uh, in their four complete games with Aqib Talib in the lineup, the Rams have not allowed a wide receiver touchdown, and no wide receiver has topped 50 yards. Nickel Roby Coleman lines up against Golden Tate. Right. He hasn't allowed more than 20 yards in coverage in 11 of 12 games this year. Yeah, he's very good. So the whole passing game is on the bench. It's all benched except for Zach Ertz. Mm-hmm. And then the running game, Josh Adams and Darren Sproles are on the bench too. It's worth noting that Corey Clement will be out. And Sproles led the team in snaps last week at 44%. Yeah, yeah go figure. But the Rams are top five in every category against uh, pass-catching running backs over the last five weeks. Which leaves Adams to pick up the scraps. And yeah, that's just I kind of, I kind of like Adams here. I don't. 
He's going to be on the field for like a third? No, I think touches? with Clement out, I think he's going to be on the field more than that. Uh, I, it, the Rams are giving up murky. five and a half yards per carry it, over the last month of games. It's it's just too tough Rashad for Penny ro- ro- po- rode over them. So did LeGarrette Blunt. So did Jordan Howard. You're straight ahead bigger runners, and I think Josh Adams has got a chance here. I'm going to give the advice to not start Josh Adams in a right. playoff matchup. I'm, Charch will, and you can yeah. direct the hate mail to at Paul Charchian on Twitter. Yes, feel free. Um, on the other side, Todd Gurley, obvious A, worth noting that the Eagles have the fifth most missed tackles in the league this season. That's uh, good for Gurley to get back on the horse here. Uh, Jared Goff, I'm giving an A grade to as well. The Eagles have allowed the third most yards and the seventh most passing touchdowns over the last five weeks. Although it's worth noting, one of them will probably have a really good game. The other one will probably have a okay game because mm. that's how it's gone this year for Goff and Gurley. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the wide receivers, Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, and Josh Reynolds, all get a B grade. Uh, Woods has led the team in targets since Cooper Cup's ACL tear. 46 for Woods, 38 for Cooks, and then 26 for Reynolds. And Philly's secondary has allowed the second most catches and yards to wide receivers this season. So Reynolds gets the B because he's had 233 air yards over the last three weeks. That's top 30 in the NFL during that span. And uh, it's just a good matchup for everybody. It is. Yeah. It really is. If you didn't, as I mentioned earlier, if you didn't knock Todd Gurley out last week. Yeah. Look, I think that team's more than likely going to the championship. It's worth noting that Woods is probably a borderline A, and I Cooks, have him as an A. Cooks is the huge upside guy, so for sure, yeah. Uh, final uh, final game to break down before we go to your call: Saints taking on the Panthers Monday Night Football. Uh, obvious A grades for Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara. Uh, all of them rank inside my top four this week. In fact, Breeze and Thomas are my number one players at their position. Let's go to Mark Ingram, who's got a trickier uh, a trickier outlook. Since his big games in weeks 10 and 11, he's averaged only 44 yards on a very mundane 4.2 yards per carry. Also, not chipping in the passing game at all, having not seen more than three targets in a game all season long. The Panthers give up the fifth fewest rushing attempts and the sixth fewest rushing yards per game. So if he's just got to get it done on the ground, I don't know that Mark Ingram does. He drops down to a C grade here, and I'd have a lot, lot of hesitancy starting Mark Ingram. He will be somewhere else on some other team, and he'll be a leading running back on some other team next year, and you'll have a better season than that. Um, all the rest of the wide receivers besides Michael Thomas are on the bench. Breeze spreads the ball around too much. You can't trust Trey Quan Smith, Keith Kirkwood, Austin Carr. And who they, they just signed? Uh, they just signed some kid off their practice squad from the Redskins. Him either. All right, <laughs> not that guy. Not that guy. Whoever that guy is. Let's go to the uh, Carolina side. Christian McCaffrey. I've still got an A grade on him, but darn, is this a tough matchup? The Saints rank number one in rushing attempts per game. Number one in rushing yards per game. Number one in rushing yards per carry. But who cares? He's like the fifteenth ranked wide receiver this season. That's where he helps you out. Fortunately, as a dual-back threat, he does have a shot here. Saquon Barkley, Todd Gurley, Ezekiel Elliott all managed to top 100 total yards and each found the end zone against the Saints. Last season, McCaffrey averaged 83 yards, scored in each game against them as well. He's got to get it done through the air where you can get a little something done against the Saints. But make no mistake, a very tough matchup. And the A grade I have on Christian McCaffrey is only because he is so talented. Let's go to the passing game. Cam Newton gets a B. He's produced exactly two passing touchdowns in nearly every game this year. And that feels about right against a defense that's averaging 1.8 passing touchdowns. So let's go for two touchdowns for Newton. He's not getting many carries this year. 
But I will note that the Saints have allowed the most quarterback rushing touchdowns, four of them. So maybe uh, maybe Newton surprises us with a rare rushing touchdown in this one. DJ Moore gets a B. It's a juicy matchup for him. They're allowing Saints allowing the most fantasy points to receivers on the season. Saints secondary's improved a bit lately, allowing just one touchdown to receivers over the last four weeks, but receivers are still racking up ten, plenty of yards. Six players have totaled at least 74 yards against the Saints in just the last three weeks, so two players a game topping 74 yards. I think DJ Moore will get to that point as well. Maybe he gets lucky with a uh, with a touchdown. And Curtis Samuel was my take-a-chance-of-me wide receiver, and I've got a B grade on him too. So a lot of guys to go to there. If you're going to Ian Thomas uh, at tight end, don't. Only one tight end has topped 40 yards against the Saints all season, and only two have scored against them all year as well. It is time for Lightning Round, semifinals edition. You know the rules. One question between two players. We will move on and hang up on you right about the time you finish your question. You can listen on the delay on your uh, in your car, at your home, streaming device. We'll take plenty of calls. 1-800-320-5326. Jessica, you've been on hold for the better part of two hours. Thank you for your patience. Sure. Uh, I'm looking at uh, standard scoring Josh Edwards or James White. Standard scoring. We're looking for touchdowns. Yeah. Wow. I'm going to go Edwards against the Bucks. Yeah. The Bucks give up so many rushing yeah, touchdowns. Yeah. I think that's I think that's the right goal line touchdown is possible. Tom, you are next. Hi guys, um, I'm up pretty big. And I'm actually in an alpha league, so I have to be two out of my three opponents. Um, I'm looking for actually a lower risk between these two pretty high risk players. Uh, the two Kenneth Kenneth Dixon or Kenny Galladay in my flex. Oh, I got a strong opinion on this. I think the the highest risk is Kenny Galladay, so I would definitely go Dixon in this matchup. Matt, thank you for your patience. You've been on hold a long time, too. Oh, sure. Uh, you guys, i got to uh, drop Austin Hooper. Uh, not very good choices, really ick choices. Vernon Davis or Ryan Griffin? Oh, man. I'd go Griffin. He's actually been quasi-active lately. And I, you can't... How do you start a Redskin on a fourth-string quarterback who hasn't started a game in seven years? Yeah. Uh, I, I, we can't do that. Chris, you're next. Uh, hey, half-point PPR. Uh, Kyle Rudolph or that McGuire cat? <laughs> that McGuire cat. Meow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm licking my paw right now. <laughs> and back to the quick caller before. Check for Ferkser, too. Ferkser intrigues me. <laughs> or uh, or can we help? Can we help Chris out here? I said the cat. You did? Oh, yeah, okay. I, I, was he, I thought he was making cat he not, sounds. He did or? not say the cat. He just meowed. Meow. Meow. Yeah, right. And said he's licking his paw. I don't think I randomly meow. So I it, it, ever. That's, you, know, you do. Oh, yeah. you According to your wife, it. you do oh. it a lot. Yeah. Joe in Toronto, thank you for your patience. You also have been holding virtually all show. Thank you. Lost Beckham. I uh, don't know if T.Y. is playing tomorrow. Um, I got to choose between these two receivers today in a 50-50 league. Um, Hamilton or Robbie Anderson? Robbie Anderson and the huge upside. Like him a lot better than Hamilton. Thanks for your patience, Joe. Mike, you're next on the fan. Hey, guys. Uh, standard flex. Dante uh, Pettis or Dixon? Uh, Pettis or Ed Dixon? No, uh, Kenneth Dixon. Oh, Kenneth Dixon. So, uh, if you need the ceiling, Kenneth, it's Pettis. Yeah. If you need the safer play, it's it's Dixon, I, I would say. I think it's Dixon either way. I would take I would take Dixon on either side of that. Uh, Mark, you're next. 
uh, Standard League, Flex, Aaron Jones, or Julian Edelman? Edelman. I like this soft J. I like Julian Edelman. Aaron Jones or Julian Edelman? I wonder if he has Julio Jones on his team. Uh, Rich, you're on the fan. Hello. Hard J. Rich? Rich? Yeah, that's you. Oh, sorry. Uh, Mandatory tight end, PPR, Brate, or Thomas? Ian Thomas? Yeah. Yeah, I just had him as a bench five, three minutes ago. So and you had and Braid as an A. a. <laughs> so yeah, this one this one's I think pretty clear. Uh, I like how you had to tell Rich who he was. <laughs> yep, that's yeah. you. Yeah, that is you, Rich. <laughs> uh Dan, you're next. I'll stick with the soft Jordan Howard. Oh jeez. Dan is not is listening and on listening to the radio, which doesn't no, work I, for no, that. I, I heard I Howard. heard him. Jordan Howard or what? Oh. It, it was just a bad connection. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Dan, I'm sorry. Tweet us uh, at Explosive Output. I thought, it, I, thought I heard ourselves back at that. No. Nope. Sorry, Dan. Dave, you're next. Yeah, hi. Power Triple you. Thanks for everything this year, guys. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm, so nice. I'm enjoying watching your bracket right now. <laughs> I love it. Um, I got for the fourth straight week, Lamar Jackson or Cameron the Cat Newton. <laughs> Brian, are you going to meow again? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm gonna go L. Jax just because of the shoulder injury or the shoulder concerns with Newton. That's, uh, there's there's something a tiebreaker. That. Uh, that works. Uh, Trevor, you're next. Standard League, Ivory or McGuire? All right, I'd go McGuire. Yeah, I would too. No. Uh, Jared, that you are like that. Standard League, Cohen or Howard against the Slackers? Uh, st- because it's standard, I would take Howard in a cold weather. Chicago game. And let's see if he can get his way into the end zone. Bill, you're next on the fan. Hey, fellas. We are not penalized for turnovers. Jameis Winston or Derek Carr? <laughs> to not, anytime you're talking uh, about uh, Jameis Winston, you need to clarify. It's Carr in that matchup. I'm not trusting Winston in in uh, Baltimore, even with no penalty. I, I think the upside here might be Winston, though, especially if you're not penalized for turnovers. Against the Ravens? Yeah. It, no, come on. Upside. Yep. Derek Carr's got the Bengals. That's true. You want upside. Okay, fine. Thank you. <laughs> By the Brent. way, they just showed Patrick Mahomes in this Kansas game, and he just threw a touchdown in the stance. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, Brent, you're next. Hey, guys. Hate to do this. Half-point PPR. This is really ugly, but Gus Edwards or Sony Michelle? Um... I I'm really down on I'm really down on Edwards, and I re, I think Dixon is going to is going to get the majority of the work, but that's very speculative. This is just my personal opinion, Brent. So I don't know that you should uh, necessarily automatically do that. But if you're with me on this, then we're taking Sony Michelle. Oh, it's our beloved meat sauce. Hey, Church, I'm actually calling for two coworkers, Antonio Brown or Adam Thielen, because I need one of them to score more points so one of my coworkers doesn't have to ride a 37-and-a-half bus ride. <laughs> uh, Charge is pointing at me because this is a conflict of interest, I think. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Because I am concerned that Miami will struggle mightily to score points, I'm going Brown in the shootout, meat sauce. Good luck, man. Good luck, sauce. Uh, no Saturdays with Sauce today, or else he would have just walked into the studio and asked his question. No, wild, wild, wild versus Calgary coming up after this. Uh, Dan, thank you for calling back, and I'm sorry again about hanging up on you. That's all right. I was going with the soft J. Jordan Howard or Elijah McGuire? Half PPR. Mm, half PPR. I, I think we're going to go with the McGuire cat meow. 
great. <laughs> Look what's happened. Look what's happened. Thank you, Dad. This won't stay over. This will be forgotten. It, it will be forgotten. God, uh, I hope it, it says sticks. no. This says this is not going to stick. Jerry, you're next. Oh, that McGuire cat. Jerry. Yeah, PPR league. Uh, Austin Hooper or Evan Ingram. Don't play Hooper. Yeah, it's don't Ingram. play Hooper. Yeah, He's, uh, he might not even play. play. Right, we'll go Evan Ingram here and, and hope that without uh, Odell, they just throw him that much more. Ingram Chris. might be on a good game. Yeah, let's, <laughs> might be. But what a disaster season for a guy that I thought was going to be good. Yeah, I thought that too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, injuries, though, come on. I didn't think he'd be Monty Ball good. Uh, Chris, you're next. Great or Evan Ingram. All right. Ooh. It's bright. It's bright. We gave him the A grade. Yep. Uh, Gary, you're on the fan. Guys, I've tried to call a hundred times in this last two hours, man, and I've been getting that busy, busy signal. I'm so, glad you got thanks, through, thanks. Gary. Thank you for don't your Don't hang up on him, Church. Yeah, don't hang up on Gary. <laughs> and don't ask about cool. three players. <laughs> yeah, t- yeah, don't blow it I'm now. A, I'm, a, I'm a mail carrier. Don't make me go postal, guys. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, just a quarterback question, and it's a big one. Uh, yeah, uh, Matt Ryan or uh, Josh Allen? Thanks, guys. Uh, that's I don't a doozy. Like Ryan. I don't like him here. You don't? Nope. Yeah, and I and I've listened all, listened to you all week, Charts. That's all you said is you don't like Matt Ryan all week. I'm nervous. My guy. You you he's might die on the year, Josh so. Allen Hill. That's the problem. I, I, I may, I may. Okay. Uh, I, well, it's just technically I'll, if it's me, I'm taking Josh Allen. I'll, I don't know I'll if it was my turn. You, all right, you got you. it, Shane. You're up. Uh, Samuels, I can start him at tight end or Kittle. All right, Kittle. How dare you? Yeah, agreed. Don't you can, Kittle. Don't there mess there with should it. be a rule that you can't ask about Kittle on lightning yeah, round. Yeah. Pete, you're next. <laughs> Elshon Jeffrey or Chris Godwin? Yeah, uh, Godwin's got a brutal matchup yeah. in Baltimore. Oh, go to the They're, wire, man. Oh, yeah, go to the way all the of wire. our take a chance on me guys. All of them are yeah. better. Curtis yeah. Samuel. Who are you guys again? Uh, Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson and D.D. Westbrook. D.D. Westbrook. I would go Trent like, Sherfield over those guys. Yeah, no, let's uh, not. Come mm, on. Nick Foles? To leave, oh, whatever. Regular caller Taco. Hello. Hey guys. Uh, non PPR Lockett or Boyd? I go Lockett. Uh, did he say it was non PPR? Yeah. Then I'm Lockett. If it's PPR, then I would I'd go a different way. Uh, Megan, you're next. Hi. Hi. One point PPR. Do I do Thielen or Diggs? Uh, Thielen or Diggs? Is that is that what you asked? Yeah. Full point PPR. Yeah. Uh, if Xavier Howard doesn't go, Diggs is our guy against Tory McTire. <laughs> Retire, retread. What? You pointed Brian on that yeah. one. Yeah, that, that, Brian. Yeah. I think I think Howard's not going to go. I would take Diggs. Steve, you're our last caller today. Hey, uh, half point PPR. Aaron Jones or Kenneth Dixon? Ah, uh, Jones. I'd still play Jones. Yeah, more guaranteed yeah. volume, even in a brutal matchup. Good luck in the semifinals, it's everybody. It's um, you know. It's, See you it's next do year, or die. Well, uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you for a great season. I appreciate it. Scott Fish will be in your place for the big, uh, the big final show of the year, Championship Week, Week Number Sixteen. If you miss any part of the show, check out the podcast, KFAN Fan on Demand. Wild pregame coming up next. Bye bye. You're listening to the fan. <laughs>